With only one point less than Mariana Efstratio, Mando Stamatopolo missed a ticket to Dublin in 1989, but was it really fair play in that pre-selection? However, she took a part again the year after and became one of Greece's biggest artists during the 90s. And according to Wikipedia, she had the first fan club in Greece and was also the first Greek artist to create a website. What does she remember from Eurovision in 2003 when she finally got the honor to represent her country? How much attention did the dress get and what does this beauty do today? You are listening to Eurovision Legends with a starstruck Emil Lövström. Welcome to Eurovision Legends, Mando! Hi, hello, hello. Thank you very much for the introduction. It was amazing. Thank you. How's life treating you these days? Well, as all of us, you know, we're trying to survive this pandemic. It will take long. I think it will take long. And this is very sad. But we're trying to manage. We're trying to evolve. We're trying to be as much as creative as we can be. Uh, So it's going to be lighter for all of us. (laughs) Yeah, let's hope so. Yeah. I thought we could begin with some quick questions to warm up and get in a good mood. Sure. Favorite song from Eurovision? Excluding mine, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes, besides your own. <laughs> All right, besides my song. Um, I would say uh, my friends, Sofia Vosso, Anixi. I love that one. Yes. Favorite singer from Eurovision? Favorite singer? I really, really like, loved a singer from Poland, but I'm not sure I remember her name correctly. Uh, she took the second place in 1993. I... It was 94. Edita Gorniak. Yes, yes, yeah. that's her. <laughs> amazing i don't know what she's doing today she's a superstar in poland she was guest in this podcast for half Uh a year ago and that's the most listened episode yeah i really loved her song and i really really loved her performance that year it was amazing worst song from greece in eurovision oh come on i can't say that (laughs) (laughs) but just to me who should have won eurovision but didn't oh um Oh, oh, oh. Uh, always besides my song, right? You can say your song now if you if you wish. Oh, can I? <laughs> okay, yes, I believe I could win Eurovision on, in 2003 if all the procedure was better and if Greece was more interested in the, in the contest that year. Because it was a year that my country wasn't so much, you know, interested in promoting my song. And they were very busy with the Olympics, you know. <laughs> we held the, the Olympic Games 
next year. So nobody was really paying attention to to Eurovision Song Contest that year. Okay. So it was an unlucky year for me. I believe that if I would go with the same with the same song, just another year, maybe you know I could win the Eurovision. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going through. Close my eyes, still see you inside. Everything reminds me of you. I could never let you go. Should not have won Eurovision, but did. Oh, hmm. I didn't like that song with with the, the chicken sounds. What was that song? Ah, Netta, Toy from Israel. Yes. <laughs> I'm not your toy. Favorite country in Eurovision besides your own and Cyprus? Ireland. Last question. Who do you want to see participate for Greece next year? Melises. Like most guests for this podcast, you survived the first part. We have had a very low casualty rate this far. (laughs) Oh, have I survived? (laughs) Thank you. At a very young age, your interest for music started. And from what I understand, your parents were very supporting. Yes, they were. Actually, they were musicians. My father was a jazz pianist and my mother was a lyric soprano at the opera. Yeah. So so I had many influences from my own environment, you know, both from classical music and from jazz music and then from funky music. And then so many influences from my, you know, the music of my age, classic rock music, and then the 80s. And... I had so many influences, actually. Yeah, and we can hear that when we listen to your discography. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, yes. In we, we rewind the tape. In 1985, your first single was released, but then under the more international name, Mandy. Yes, that was in 1985, yes. How come? Well, I was signed to CBS. Yeah. Um, CBS Records, then named Sony. You know, yes. same same company, and uh, because it was an international release, they didn't want to use my real name, which is Mando with O, so they changed the O into a Y, <laughs> so that that could be more you know familiar to English-speaking language audience. And let's listen to your first single. Okay.
1989, you released your first album. Shall we listen to what that sounded like? Sure, yes, let's go ahead. have been Greece's own version of Sabrina and Samantha Fox but with clothes on. <laughs> At that period it was very fashionable the sound of Stock Aitken and Waterman. They produced uh, so many hit songs and that sound was so popular and it was something new for Greece because nobody did that before. So it was like a revolutionary thing for Greece to do that sound, but in Greek language. And it was very, very successful. My first album, you know, it was a a big hit in Greece. Then it opened many doors for me and uh, a long, long, long career, you know, came after. Listening to this album, it sounds very international, as you say. But I wonder, why didn't you release your first album in English? Because I was signed to a Greek record company, a local record company, okay. uh, which was Minos. Uh, Minos then was bought by EMI, but when I first signed to, to Minos, it was, a, was a, a local company. So everything they were releasing at that time uh, was in Greek language. So they didn't want to do something international, even though I wanted to, but um, that wasn't something that in their plans. So um, all of my albums until uh, up until recently, they were in, in Greek language. Exactly. But mm-hmm. instead you recorded international songs in Greek, such as Love to Hate You by Arasia, for example. Yeah. 
1989, you took part in the Greek pre-selection for Eurovision with the song Mono Esi. Mm-hmm. Was this the first time you made an attempt? Yes, that was the first time I made an attempt. Actually, when, when Mono Esi uh, took part in the, in the pre-selection, I was living in the States because after I graduated from high school, I went to the States to study, you know, vocals and music and starting an uh, international career maybe there. But then I was called back here in Greece when uh, when that song was selected. And that's how, you know, my Greek career began. And uh, it was the first time I took part. Six songs competed and we found four Eurovision legends in this pre-selection. It was you, Anna Vissi, with Cleo. Michalis Rakinsis with Nana. And Mariana Estratio with Tu Dicuso Asteri. <laughs> Sorry, my Greek. <laughs> you sound pretty good. <laughs> Don't worry. Before we talk about the outcome, do you remember who you thought would win it? Well, I was... I was hoping I could win it, <laughs> but it was unfortunate because I lost with only one vote. Exactly, and the, the winner was chosen by a jury of 20 people, and with a single point margin, Mariana yeah. won. Yes. You came in yes. second, and Anna Vissi got third place, but only 19 persons in the jury voted, right? Yes, I don't know, you know, many details about the voting. Maybe you know, you know, much better than me, <laughs> but yeah. Actually, I wasn't involved in that because my manager was doing everything at that time. I had a manager. Yeah. She was handling the whole thing. So I don't know what really happened because, as I said before, I I wasn't living in Greece at that time. I was living in New York. I just came for a week to film, you know, the video clip and everything and record the song. And then I I went back to the States. So I I, I don't know what really happened with the voting. But... My manager, you know, was handling everything. Maybe, maybe she, uh, she wanted to change the result. I don't know. I believe that she nearly changed the result, but sadly, the deadline from EBU hindered you from participating in Eurovision 1989. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's very interesting. I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> But that didn't stop you from trying again, and the year after you were back in the pre-selection with a duet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the yes. song was called Mono y Diomas. Mm-hmm. What can you tell us about that song? Oh, I really love that song, and it, that was 
that was written by a very, very talented composer who unfortunately has passed away last year. Um, it was a great song. I believe that it, it could do very well in the contest if it was qualified. As you said, you came second again, and mm-hmm. Christos Kallo won with the song Horiscopo. Mm-hmm. Mando, I must ask, why on earth didn't you submit Stichimatiso instead to this pre-selection? <laughs> mm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I never thought of that, to be honest. Um, because Stichimatiso was written for my album, and Eurovision Contest was a whole different story for us. Yeah. And anyway, it was a proposal from my record company to participate with that song with Nico. And Stichimatizo was actually written for my album, so nobody thought of that. Nobody, nobody thought to, to, to send this to the Eurovision contest. That's, that's the whole truth. <laughs> okay. Well, I believe that with that song, you would probably have given Tutu Kutunio a good fight. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Between 92 to 97, Greece shows their contestant internally. Did you get a question during DTS? Um, yes. At some point, I think it was 95, 94, 95, I don't remember very well. The Greek national television proposed me and Stefano Korkolis to to go to the Eurovision Song Contest. But at that time, we were both very extremely busy with our own projects and there was no time, you know. Yeah. Uh, there was no time for that at that point. Well, I love Stefano's music too. <laughs> He's great. He's very talented. 
I found your song Den Safino perfect for Eurovision. Under three minutes, memorable chorus and a banging end. Yeah, that was written by George Stefanos. He has gone to the Eurovision thing three times. Yep. Yeah, that was a pretty good song for Eurovision too. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but also, Hronia Mas Pola. But I must ask, didn't the composer Haris Halkitis steal a little too much from Crucified by Army of Lovers when he wrote that song? Well, you must ask him. <laughs> <laughs> answer that i didn't write that song <laughs> but i guess you have heard crucified by army of lovers yeah of course i have <laughs> <laughs> part in Eurovision you had made a name for yourself abroad and toured in Europe and the US and had also written a song for Jessica Simpson that sold more than one million copies yeah that's correct yeah shall we listen to the song where you are oh yeah definitely never recorded this song yourself? Actually, I made a demo of that. I co-wrote that song with my producer Louis Biacaniello and Sam Waters. So it's a, a co-written song. At first, we had we we wrote the song for my project, which was going to be released in, in the United States. But then things have changed for me. You know, life happens and everything. And uh, I had I had to go back to Greece So uh, I didn't end the project. I never, you know, finished my my first release in America. So many of the songs have been chosen by other artists. One of them was uh, this actual song, Where You Are, 
who was chosen by Jessica Simpson. And uh, the only recording I have was a, a demo I did. Can we hear that demo? Oh, <laughs> it's analog. I think it's on a cassette or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or a DAT or something. It's yeah. somewhere, but I don't know where it is right now. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> you also had worked with the mastermind Jean-Michel Jacques. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I heard that he was so impressed by your vocal abilities that he gave you the original arrangement of his song Celavi. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Jean-Michel Jarre was looking for uh, a good singer to, to, to do the Greek version of his song that was originally recorded by Natasha Atlas. Actually, there were a couple of us that we, we wanted to cover that song, but finally he chose my voice. Yeah. So that was very a great honor for me. Do you know who the other girls were? Yes, but I can't say that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> One of my classmates and dear friends still today, Melissa Lazarides, father was born in Cyprus and during their holidays they always went to this home country and when they came back they always had a CD for me. One time it was Evrediki and Anavisi and twice I got a record with you. So this is very big for me to have a chat with you since your songs meant so much for me during my childhood. Oh, thank you very much. That's very honorable for me. Thank you. That's a great honor. So I was very glad when you, in 2003, took part again in the pre-selection for Eurovision. And I would just wonder, how come? It was something that I always wanted, to be honest. It's just that it was a dark, I would say a dark period for Eurovision here in Greece. It wasn't so popular, you know. And it started becoming popular again from like... 2000, 2001. But up until that time, it wasn't so popular in Greece. So nobody was really, really interested in the contest. And then the interest came back from 2000, 2001. So I started thinking about it again. And then with my friend and lyricist, Terry Siganos, we had that song that wasn't written for the Eurovision. I must say that. It was originally written for my album, for my English album, that I was going to be released internationally. But anyway, I wouldn't want to go to the contest with a song that's written for the contest. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I like songs that are radio-friendly, that, you know, they could become it hits apart, you know, from the contest. That could become radio hits everywhere, that could become, you know, climb up the charts. Besides Eurovision, I mean. So that was the whole idea of the song. Because it was a song, it was a ballad that wasn't so European. It was more international. I mean, it had many American elements in the arrangement and in the melody and the chords and everything. So um, for me, it was a very good opportunity to, you know, to become famous as a singer as well. Outside of Greece, I mean. Keeps me Let you go. 
was Never Let You Go, the only song you chose from. We had a couple uh, that we had written with Teddy, but we finally decided about that song, Never Let You Go, after we, we, after we had a talk with uh, my producer, uh, Johnny Jam, who was the producer of the song Barbie Girl. Yes. Yeah. He's a Danish. Yeah, he's Danish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good friend of mine. And he listened to a couple of songs and, and his his opinion was also that that song could could be, you know, a radio hit. So uh, we ended up recording, you know, that song and we, we sent that song, which was uh, qualified and then won in the pre-selection here in Greece. The Greek pre-selection in 2003 was held at a nightclub in Athens and 10 songs competed. Do you remember how the talk went? I mean, who was tipped to win and who did you think was the biggest threat? Well, the biggest threat was Yanis Bardis, who came second at the pre-selection with a very, very good song. I rewatched the clips from YouTube from this pre-selection some days ago and I'm astonished how much better in English you are than all of the other participants and how bad live singers most of them were. <laughs> I, I understand that you want to, to send a song in English to Eurovision to get a good chance to win, but if you can't sing in English, it's not a good choice to sing in English. Well, most Greek singers don't have a very good accent in English when they sing. And that's probably because of language. It's very hard for them to pronounce the words correctly. Yeah. But I all, my English was always very good since I was a very, very small. I don't know how it happens. Maybe I'm a re- reincarnation. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But actually, when I went to, to, to the States for the first time, I could very easily adopt the, the language there. As if I was kind of born there. And it was very easy for me, always. In general, I was very good in languages. I mean, that was one of my talents because my French was also very good. And my English accent, when I sang, I mean, mostly, you almost can't tell that, you know, I'm Greek. Exactly. Yeah. I remember from my chat with Kalumira that she revealed that the tension in her pre-selection was not good at all. And Elena Konstantopoulou revealed that her duet partner couldn't even sing when they took part in 2002, the year before you. So I wonder how much of a drama was it in Athens? I never read at gossip things, you know, what's happening with other artists or anything. Well, I must have heard something, but I don't quite remember right now what happened with Kalumira. The only thing I remember, she was in a talent show on TV and she won that. She actually won that. But I'm not sure about what you're saying. I mean, was uh, the tension between the participants good when you competed? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. I thought you asked me about Kalomira or something. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. I asked because both Kalomira and Elena Konstantopoulou said in both the episodes I recorded with them that it was oh. total chaos when they competed oh. in their pre-selections. So that's why I asked, maybe maybe this is always a chaos in Greeks' pre-selections. Yeah. No, 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 no. Our pre-selections was very democratic. No, no, no. No, no problem. Good. Nothing occurred. <laughs> 
Good. As we know, you won the contest in Greece and got to travel to Riga. How was Latvia? Lovely. Yeah. Very quiet. Ah, uh, very you know serene. Of uh, I don't know. I I really loved it. I really loved it. I want to go back again. <laughs> I was there three years ago, and it's, it's it's a beautiful city. It's very small, but it's very beautiful. Very beautiful. Yes, I really loved it. It has some historical monuments and the architectural. I liked uh, the weather. I like cold weather, you know. Even oh. though if I'm from Greece, you know, I don't oh like hot God. weather. Somehow. <laughs> We can change apartments, Mando. You can come oh, to Sweden. I love Sweden. What what part of Sweden are you coming from? Uh, I live in Gothenburg. Oh, Gothenburg. I've been there. Yeah. I've worked with a couple of producers there, yes. Yeah. Do you remember anything that happened behind the scenes in, um, in Riga? I remember when I went there, I saw Sir Dab, Yeah. with whom uh, I had made a duet in the year 2000. Exactly. Which was very successful in Greece and Turkey. And I saw Sertab there, you know, it was very pleasant uh, surprise because we had become friends and she's a great singer. So um, we we were hanging out together with Sertab and it was, we had a very, very pleasant time. Uh, what else? What else? I remember the great organization by, you know, the Swedish producers and everything and directors. It was so organized. I mean, it was amazing. Such a great show. I can't, you know, I don't have words to describe that. I mean, it was the most organized contest I've ever been. I must say that. And, uh, well, you Swedish people are perfectionists. I must say that. <laughs> We try to. Yeah. yeah, you are. You are. On stage in Latvia, your sister, Kriso, uh, joined you as a backup singer. Yes, she did. Yeah. What was it like to have your sister with you? I was feeling more secure, you know, to have someone from my family with me. But also my husband was was with me. So um, it, I had warmth, you know, being with my family members yeah. and my sister and my husband. So um, it felt really good. And Hriso also backed Angelika Agurbash for Belarus in 2005. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Can we please hear some gossip from her participation in 2005? Have she told anything? Ah, uh, she told me they they did so much traveling together. I remember that's that's what she told me. They went to different places for the promotion, and it was very tiring. And we it was it was huge promotion. I mean, uh, there were many uh, sponsors and stuff, and. You know, huge marketing, huge promotion about that entry. I have heard from several sources that the Belarusian singer went furious when she didn't get through the semifinal. And to be honest, I was too. Yeah, yeah. I actually was told that from my sister. Yeah, she got furious. 
Yeah, because she believed so much in the song, and uh, they did so much hard work. They did yeah. very, very hard work on the song, you know, on on every aspect. I mean, we go back to your year, two thousand three. Several controversies follow the Russian delegation with the two girls from Tattoo in the line of fire. How much of this fuss did you notice there and then? Well, uh, what I noticed about that was that there was a camera with them all the time whenever they went even you know in the hotel during breakfast during lunch during dinner everywhere they went there was a camera with them yeah that was that was very surprising for all of us you know to watch that <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that's 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 what i remember mostly but they never offended you oh no 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 We must talk about your dress with a very tight lace cord down to your belly button. Created by the English designer Julian MacDonald. Yes. <laughs> How much attention did your décolletage get? Well, too much, I think. <laughs> <laughs> But was it? It was no hashtag me too. I hope. Uh, no hashtag me too. No. <laughs> Great. You know, actually, that was the first time I was wearing something so re- revealing, yeah. because. Mostly, you know, during my career, I wanted to focus on my my singing and my songs and my voice and not my outfits. So it was really the first time for me to, to wear something that was so revealing and so outstanding and creating so much fuzz about that. And I never expected that, to be honest. <laughs> But it happened. <laughs> Uh, do you still have the dress? Oh yeah, I do. <laughs> Can you reveal what it cost? I think it costed something like ten thousand euros, I think, or more. I think in drachmas it was three million drachmas, so it's probably a lot more than what I said. Yeah. Because three million drachmas is equals about twelve uh, thousand, maybe. Elena Konstantopoulos revealed that her dress in 95 cost one million dragmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On site in Riga, you had to answer journalist question about the situation between Greece and Turkey since you had made a duet with Seletab Erner before this contest. And uh-huh. I must say, hey, I love your answers when you staunchly replied, we don't mix music and politics because music don't have, in- have any frontiers. Yeah, exactly. That's what I still believe. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. But did you also get negative opinions about that you sang together with a Turkish woman? Well, there were some negative opinions, but very few. Very, very few. Most people were very, you know, very enthusiastic about that duet. And it was such a big hit, both in Greece and in Turkey. And, you know, our voices get got together so well that I don't think anybody, you know, thought about politics when they were listening to that song because that song was great. Do you remember the other songs from 2003 when you competed? Uh, Not very well, I must say. Do you remember if you had some favorites there and then? 
Well, one of my favorites was Sir Tab's song, of course. Yeah. Uh, every way that I can. liked the tattoo song as well and there was another song that I liked but I don't I don't remember which one was it ah the Swedish entry ah give me your love by fame yes 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 the Swedish entry I love that sometimes I think that you're an angel and it's plain to see that you can rescue me rescue me And the girl was she gross, she was gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, and believe me, she still is. Uh, her name is Jessica Andersson. Give her my greetings. She's amazing. <laughs> After a nerve-wrecking voting, Turkey won with two points more than Belgium, and Russia came third with one point less than Belgium. Mm-hmm. In your opinion, was it the best songs that ended up on the podium? I think Sir Tab uh, deserved to win, definitely. But as I said before, it's very important that the country of origin is interested in the in the participation of, of the song, in the entry, I mean. And Turkey was very much interested, you know, for Sertab to win. And that was that was something that we could feel while being there. And uh, it was obvious, I mean, the, that Sertab would win, not only because she had the great song, a very, very, very good song and a very nice performance, but because her country wanted her to win and they put so much effort and so much work in in this entry, something that didn't happen with my song at that time. Despite the 12 points from Cyprus, you only earned 25 points. Did it come as a surprise? Yes. Yeah, it came as a big surprise for me. Yeah. You know, I'm a performer, so... I felt I, I I was always feeling like I was like a guest, something like a guest, you know, special guest <laughs> in, in the contest, you know. Yeah. And so many years, uh, so many years back with my career and all that, you know, the journey that I've been, and uh, I went there for the performance, more for the performance than to con- you know to compete with the other artists. So the most important thing for me is the impression that that the audience had about the song and uh, how much they liked my performance. That was the most important thing for me. Did the meager result in Eurovision change any plans for you? You mean afterwards? Yeah. Oh, no. Not at all. The song Never Let You Go sold gold in Greece and peaked mm-hmm. the charts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What has happened since 2003? Well, I had two babies. <laughs> I became a mother, so um, I I kind of focused focused on on my children for a while. Not a hundred percent, but surely ninety <laughs> percent. But in the meantime, I I had two or three more albums during that decade. 
I had a double album, After I'll Never Let You Go, and I had another album called Mando 2 in the year 2008. So I never really stopped, I mean, completely stopped from, you know, from being um, active in my career. I did many things in, in the time, at that time. But, you know, after my kids grew up and now they're, you know, grown up like 19 and, and 16 years old, so they don't need me 100% anymore. So I, now I have more time to focus on my career again. You have recorded hundreds of songs and are one of Greece's most loved artists. How has it been to be a superstar in Greece for you? I mean, have the paparazzis hunted you down or have the journalists written about your love life? Mm-hmm. Well, that happens, you know, with all, with all stars, you know, with all celebrities, these things happen. But I was always very balanced because I always liked to be a different person off stage. It wasn't Mando, the the star, the superstar anymore. I was just, you know, a simple lady, a simple girl living a simple life. And that kept me balanced all that time and still does. But do the media respect that? Yes. Good. Yes. Yes, they did. Yeah. I was very lucky because I never had any serious problems with the media or with the press and everybody was always respected me and my life, you know, was very simple and never exposed any scandals or or stuff or things like that or bad things, you know, around my name. Yeah. Um, So uh, that surely kept me a very very clean have you done any more attempts to reach eurovision as an artist or composer oh no <laughs> no after 2003 uh i didn't make any attempt no i'm not negative it just didn't happen you know i had other things in my mind and other projects all that time and and many live concerts especially the last 10 years you know i've been Uh, touring all over Greece again and again. It was uh, a revival of my old, you know, repertoire of the 90s, 80s, 90s songs. And people still love all that old repertoire of mine. So um, I'm really busy the last years. <laughs> thank you so much for taking your time to talk to me. Oh, thank you for inviting me. That was a great talk. I just want to say that I'm preparing my new Greek album. after. Lovely. Uh, after popular demand, because the last years I've I've been doing a lot of English stuff, and my last album Bare Bones was an international release, and I recorded that with my American producer Devon Graves, and uh, you know somehow I left behind my my Greek discography, so now I'm I'm coming back to that, and um, I am currently starting recording my songs so uh my new greek album will be released somehow by the end of this year i believe looking forward thank you thank you and thanks to you our listeners out there in the world don't forget to subscribe on your podcast platform and follow eurovision legends on facebook and instagram if you want to contact me my mail is emil and you find all information on eurovisionlegends.se Mando, Megali, Ankalia. 
Oh, your Greek is very good. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, Megalia Gala. A big hug. <laughs> Teach you uh, another Greek word, all right? Yes, please. Naiste oli kala. Everybody be well. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Emil. It was great talking to you. Yeah.